can you be Greek and be a Christian? It's a question that a lot of students don't ask out loud, but I know a question a lot of students struggle with, myself included. When I was in my sorority days, I would have told you, like, Jesus sounded like a good idea when I was a grandma, but for the love of being popular, Jesus, I don't want you to get in the way of having any fun, right? Like, I'm sure God, you know, would totally understand if you went to a frat party, (laughs) This was the way I truly thought that that God was a bunch of rules and taking away any of my happiness and my joy, which of course I realized later that God actually came to give us joy and give us abundant life. But how do you navigate that when you're Greek and there's so many parties everywhere and you know the pressures and what does it even look like to truly live out your faith? And can we ask the hard question, is Jesus worth it? I didn't know the answers to any of this. I knew what I had to give up, but I didn't really understand what I was getting in return. You guys are going to love today's episode. I'm unpacking all of this with my 22, actually just had a birthday, 23-year-old guest, Kathleen Nicholson. Kathleen came to faith while she was in a sorority, and now she gets to travel to sororities nationwide helping them unpack what does it actually even mean to be part of a sorority? How can we get back to the roots of our founding sisters? And how do we do all of this thing well? We also, of course, talk a lot about faith and how does that even unpack as a sorority girl. You ready? Here's today's episode. My name is Katie Bulmer. I'm a former heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who found out at the age of 23, a cute boyfriend and hunch punch won't actually fill my broken places. Shocker, I know. It turns out there's only one savior. After this realization, I met a youth pastor turned financial genius, unlike any frat boy I ever dated. So I married him. Together, we have mentored teens and 20-somethings for over 15 years. We've learned a lot of the common themes, struggles, and ways we can help. So we're doing a podcast. Here it is. Everything you guys see me do, whether that's going to sororities and speaking or this podcast or whatever, started with coffee dates with my younger friends. That is what I love to do. Just hang out across some lattes and talk about life, right? Like, Being a mentor is like the best role ever, and I would absolutely love the opportunity to be your mentor. What does that look like? Well, if you have a cell phone, we can make this happen. I made it super easy for you. It's all on my website. You can check my calendar and see when I'm available. You can get with your girlfriends. I offer one-on-one and small group mentoring. It's super fun, and we just set a time, and we hang out via our cell phones and have coffee. My favorite subjects are relationships. We talk a lot about boys how to know if he's the one, how to know if he's the right one, how to raise the bar in dating, singleness, all the good stuff there. And also like just becoming the best version of yourself. What does that mean for your specific walk of life? I'd love to just help you navigate life just like through this podcast, but more one-on-one, more fun, and just check it out, katiebulmer.life. And I'd love to have some chai tea with you. Hello, Kathleen. Hi, Katie. I'm excited about having you today. This is 22-year-old Kathleen, a graduate from North Carolina State, and you guys are going to love our talk because have you ever wondered, like, can you be a Christian and be Greek? 
And Kathleen has kind of lived that out firsthand, and she's going to kind of dive in to her personal story of figuring out what this life looked like. And um, I'm just excited to hear from her. Yay. So before we get dive into all of that, Kathleen, tell us a little bit about you. Um, so you already said it. I um, am 22. I just graduated from North Carolina State University in the spring. Go Wolfpack. Um, I'll be 23 on Monday, so I'm feeling okay. a little old. I don't know. Um, but right now I'm working as a leadership consultant for Alpha Delta Pi Sorority. So I was a member of 80 Pi in college. Um, and then after I graduated, I began working for them. I travel to different um, sorority chapters around the country. I give them advice and support in their recruitment, um, in officer transitions, in elections, and all of the things that make a sorority operate. Um, and a lot of times that just means letting people vent to me um, and, you know, speaking truth to them, which is my favorite part of the job. But it's also a lot of singing and clapping. If you've, uh, yeah. if you're in a sorority, you know. Um, so it's a very, it's really fun. I've been to Mississippi, Texas, Iowa, Connecticut, and right now I'm at the University of Virginia. Nice. So I love that because you have a kind of a unique perspective. Not only have you lived firsthand sorority life, but you've also been kind of secondhand for lack of a better word, but for so many different schools. And like, you know, just because Greek life is one way at one school, you get to see so many different, you know, examples of that nationwide. That's really cool. Absolutely. It's been very interesting to go to different chapters that are just so different than mine. So different, but so eye-opening because they're just as much my Alpha Delta Phi sisters um, as the women that are just like me at North Carolina State. So it's been, it's been a really fun, cool experience so far. I love that. And even, you know, you're traveling within the same sorority, but I think it's interesting that, you know, sorority women, we always have more in common than we do different, right? You know? Absolutely. It's not like, oh, well, my sorority is cooler than yours. Like we all really have the most in common. Okay. So now let us want to just dive in a little bit. You're, tell us about when you were in college and what that looked like, maybe from your freshman year to your senior year, just kind of a, a recap of all of that goodness. I know it's a lot in four years, but <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so when I joined a sorority, it was not for any of the right reasons. Um, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to party. It was what I thought you did in college to have social capital. So I went through recruitment, joined a chapter, and hit the ground running, drinking, um, partying, boys, all the things that I thought made someone cool and successful in college. Um, It was two years of that, just boyfriend after boyfriend, party after party, Um, I don't know how I made it through the first two years of college without like getting a drinking ticket or having something, you know, even more terrible happen. Um, I was very blessed in that I was protected and was for the most part sort of smart about things, maybe not. But when I was a sophomore, I really started to hit rock bottom. The partying was getting out of control. Um, I was very depressed I remember one morning I was supposed to walk with a boy to class and I slept in and missed class and I just started weeping because one, I missed class. Two, I ruined my chances of ever being with this guy in my mind Um, because when you are not living for eternity, every mistake seems to feel like the end of the world. 
And that's sort of the life I was living in is every time something got messed up, it felt like the end of the world to me. Um, so that day I left my sorority house. I was living in the house at that time. I left the sorority house. I went to the library to do homework and I couldn't, I was, you know, depressed. It was hard for me to focus. So I don't know why, but I Googled Bible verses for when you're feeling depressed. And the verse that came up was Lamentations 3.23. Don't quote me on that, but it is Lamentations 3. Um, the Lord's unfailing mercies never cease. They are fresh as the morning and sure as the sunrise. And I just said, wow, that is beautiful. I need something fresh. I need something steadfast. Um, I don't even know why I Googled that that day. I mean, I went to Catholic high school, but I was not... I was not following the Lord. Um, So later that week, I asked one of my sorority sisters, Allie, um, to take me to her church. I knew she went to church. She was a great friend to me. She had never necessarily talked to me about Jesus, but she was so cheerful. And she was someone that I wanted to be more like. And she went to church. So I said, will you take me to your church? And that Sunday, she took me to Vintage Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, which I I miss so much now that I'm gone. Um, but they played the song, Oh, Come to the Altar. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but the lyrics to the chorus are, or the verse is, are you hurting and broken within, overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling, Oh, come to the altar. The father's arms are open wide. And I just like started bawling in this church with a girl who, Allie is my, was my friend then. She's much, we're much closer now, but we weren't that close, (laughs) not close enough for me to be like crying right next to her. I'm not sure if she even noticed though. Um, but that was kind of it. And I was sold. Um, it took a long time for me to get from, you know, partying every weekend to going to Bible study with my sorority sisters. Um, in between there was a lot of decision-making like, am I going to continue to date this guy? Am I going to go out to that party or am I going to sit alone and probably have a little bit of FOMO? Um, am I going to go to church this morning when maybe I would rather sleep in? So a lot of decision-making along the way. Um, but just, it's so crazy how my life got flipped upside down. I mean, I was sophomore year getting drunk on spring break and junior year, um, I went to Nicaragua for a mission trip and God just, God just flipped my life upside down. Um, and he really changed my heart. And so that was, that was really cool. Um, my senior year of college, I moved in with some women that I didn't know that well, but I knew they went to my church. Um, One of them was a leader on staff with Crew Greek Life. Um, So Crew is a campus ministry for those who don't know. Um, It's huge at NC State. I love it with my whole heart. And we have a special Greek Life um, portion of the ministry um, at NC State. And so just being with other women who were Greek and who loved the Lord so much and wanted to see His light in the Greek community was so exciting and they just lifted me up and living with them. They, they carried me through the year um, as well as some of my other sisters in the chapter who also love Jesus. We kind of banded together. Um, and I definitely found my people who could hold me accountable and love me well and lift me up and help me continue to walk through with the Lord through college. Okay. Wow. Kathleen, that is good stuff. I love everything about it. I want to go back when you were talking about, you know, from hangover, heartbreak, 
to showing up in church and having that, oh my gosh, like I'm empty and this is what I need experience. I had a similar experience when I was in college too, but I know for you, and you mentioned this a little bit, and for me as well, how do you go from like, all I know is going to the bars and, and my friendship, my friendship, sorry, my friend group, everything I surround myself with is that party lifestyle. And now I found something that I, I long for that fulfills me that I know that I need. How do you bridge that gap? And what did that look like for you? I think it was a lot of baby steps. I think it looked like buying my first Bible, which I bought a KJV Bible on Amazon. And if you've ever read one, it's not a great beginner Bible. So it also looked like, you know, putting that one on the shelf and buying the message Bible so that I could understand it a little bit better. Um, It was a lot of trips to church only when someone invited me. I was really nervous to go by myself. Um, It was a lot of sitting in church and feeling like, a lot of cognitive dissonance, you know, not loving the life I was living and wanting something more, but not sure, like, how can I do it? Like, God, I can't let go of those things. And just praying that he would loosen my grip on the things I'd been holding so tightly to since I was, I mean, I was a big partier in high school too. Um, and had a lot of boyfriends in high school too. And saying, God, like loosen my grip on these things that have been a part of my life for so long so that I can move forward and get closer to you. Um, So a lot of prayer, a lot of sort of having to humble myself and reach out to women who I wasn't friends with in the past. There were a lot of women in my sorority who loved the Lord, and I had wanted nothing to do with them. I was living my own party lifestyle. I wasn't going to go to the 85 Bible study. Um, That wasn't for me. But, you know, kind of humbling myself and being like, these people, like, they have something that, I think I want in my life and, you know, sending them a text like, Hey, I know this is so crazy. And like, you probably would have never thought that I would text you, but it's me. Like, can I go to Bible study with you? Um, and you know, they never said no, they never said, Oh my gosh, no way. You're such a partier. You're known for partying in our chapter. I don't want to hang out with you. You know, they always welcomed me with open arms. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of baby steps and a lot of grace with myself too. Um, And a lot of that is now maybe having a little more grace than I did then to look back and say, like, that's hard. That's a hard transition from living life completely away from Jesus to walking with the Lord every single day. Um, That's a big, that's a big jump. And giving myself grace to know, like, I will never reach, you know, the perfect life with Jesus, right? Um, I, I think you would agree, Katie, you although you are a little bit older than me, like, I don't know, you don't feel like you've reached the perfect walk with Jesus because none of us can be perfect and walk with Jesus because we're not Jesus. Um, And so being graceful with myself that, hey, I won't reach that completion point. Like I will always be working to grow closer and closer to the Lord until he calls me home. And so being okay with days that maybe aren't perfect. For sure. I think, you know, a lot of people think, well, I, you know, Christian sounds fun and interesting, but first of all, they're not sure what they're trading is worth it. You know what I mean? Like, I I know, like, maybe this isn't the lifestyle that is as fulfilling as it seemed. Like, I feel like from the outside looking in, the parties and the boys, like it seems glamorous. And and I haven't met a single person who, even the celebrities, you know, on top of the world who have all the money and fame and popularity they want, like 
we all know that's empty. Everyone who has the ultimateness knows that it's empty. However, a lot of people who are living it is familiar. And as human beings, we're scared of change. And so we're also telling ourselves, well, maybe that sounds interesting, but do I have to give up my friends? Like it's the fear of the unknown. And, you know, I'm sure your friends at your party with are good people. It's not like you have to do this complete, like, cutting yourself off of your current lifestyle. And I think that that um, is something people might need to hear. I remember it still stands out to me. One of my roommates, and she listens to this podcast. Hey, Anna, when I had my conversion experience, that's a weird term, but you know what I mean? Like when God was changing (laughs) my life, Yes, she slipped a note under my door. And and you know, this is the time when you're telling yourself, oh my gosh, my friends aren't going to like me anymore. Like, what am I doing? I don't even know. Am I a Christian? I don't even know what this means. And she slipped a note under my door and says, it said, I see the changes in you and I'm proud of you. And it was such a simple, but like life-giving words to me. Like she First of all, there was changes. I didn't even know at the point that there were changes in my life, but it was, as you said, like baby steps and things were changing. And so she saw that and she was proud of me and still my friend to this day, wonderful human being. But I just want people to hear that like, you know, you don't have to like, I'm sorry, I can never talk to you again. I love Jesus now. You know, like it's not, you do, however, of course, have to surround yourself with women who are also seeking the Lord, like you said, because you have to have that core foundation, but it's not like, you know, you have to slam the door in your face of all your current friends. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I, I definitely, um, I definitely struggled with that a lot. I wanted, you know, not to lose my core friend group that I had been kind of rolling with the first two years of college, but I also knew I needed to find women who shared my values. Um, and so that looked like just praying like, Lord, please, please bring women into my life who are, on the same path as me. Maybe there are a couple steps, steps ahead of me in their walk with Jesus and they can pull me up alongside them. Um, and so, and that's when I moved in with these women senior year who I, they were not in my chapter. Um, I didn't really know them that well. I was terrified. Like who moves in with strangers senior year of college, you should have your friends by then. And man, did the Lord deliver. Um, one of them, I'm in her wedding this fall. Uh, so we like just instantly like the Lord provide a community for me. Um, as soon as I kind of like loosened my grip on my old community and I'm still very great friends with the women I was hanging out with freshman and sophomore year. They are, they're wonderful women, but he also provided me with those women who were walking with Jesus and that I could walk alongside in that. I love that. You said something else I wrote down cause I felt like it was, um, just really impactful And probably because I'm reading a book called The Principle of the Path by Andy Stanley, highly recommend it. But you mentioned something about how like you were basically on a path, right? Like we're all on a path that leads somewhere. And it's funny because we never argue if we want to go north on the highway, we get on the interstate that heads north. But when we are making choices in our lifestyle, like, you know, missing class or repeatedly getting drunk or dating guys who are not respectful or, you know, pushing the lines of where we want to go physically. Like we're on a path which leads somewhere. And you at some point had to, there was a fork in the road, right? And you had to decide which, which direction you want to go. And you chose the direction of chasing after Jesus. And I just find that interesting because a lot of times we don't think about that in terms of life, but just want to encourage people that Every, everything you're doing, it's not a conscious decision, but you're on a path whether you want to be or not. And just thinking about where is that path going to lead? Because it's so crazy. You know, people will make 
financial decisions that are just ridiculous and end up in debt and take out more and more loans and they end up bankrupt. And it's funny, a lot of times then we'll get, end up there and blame God. Like, how? Do, <laughs> but you were on a path and you made a bunch of decisions to end up in a, a destination that most people can see except for the person on that path, unfortunately. Sure, yeah. So I don't know, reading that book, so it was fresh on my mind. I just thought that was interesting that we're all on a path. And so when you made that decision to you know change the fork in the road, I just think that that is so cool. And now you are 22 and in a completely different place than you were at your freshman self. Oh man. Yeah. That fork in the road for me was definitely breaking up with my college boyfriend who I had been with. And I thought I was going to marry this guy. And it got to a point where I was like, this, this relationship is not uplifting the Lord. He's a a wonderful man, but we are not following Jesus together. We're not pointing each other towards Jesus and thinking I was going to marry this guy having to break up with him and just trust that the long game was better than the short term. Like God was looking out for me in the long term. He's going to provide something even better later on. I can't, I can't even imagine it in my brain what it could be, but he's going to do it. And that's, I think that's when I, you know, jumped tracks, left the short term game and jumped onto that eternal mindset. Um, for sure. That's a big deal. You're going to have to unpack that. <laughs> okay. So how long were y'all dating? We had been dating for about a year and he was, you know, a really wonderful guy, leader in his fraternity. Um, We lived, you know, across the street on Greek Row together and it was great. It was fine. Nothing bad, but nothing good either. You know, just the same old fraternity sorority, going to date parties, doing the walk of shame, nothing that glorified the Lord, nothing that was beautiful and life-giving, but also in my mind, nothing that was any different from what my friends were doing. It didn't look that different from anyone else. So how could it be so bad? I knew like no Christians in relationships at this point. Um, but I had to jump ship. I felt like the Lord just compelling, like it sounds crazy, but God just compelled me to, to word vomit, like, ah, we can't be together anymore. I can't do it. The physical boundaries was, was a big part of it. Um, it was like the worst breakup ever. Very poorly thought out. I did not pray beforehand. I just like word vomited all of the things that had been weighing on me for months and months. Um, it was months of God, you know, pulling me and stretching me and shaping me and pushing me to finally like drop that. And once I broke up with the man who I thought I was going to marry. I said, there's no turning back. I just gave up what was the biggest thing in my human life at that time. And so how could I not, like, I've got to go all in for Jesus now. I just gave up the thing that was the most important to me. And now Jesus is going to take that place. And so no more compromises. Um, Because if I'm going to compromise, why don't I just go be with him? The person that I wanted to be with all along. I did. I wanted to marry him. And if I'm not going to have the man I'm going to marry, well, I'm not going to settle for anything less in any other area of my life than what Jesus wants. Um, So it was so, so hard, but I think really, really good too. Wow. I'm like, (laughs) I'm all the things right now because this is, this is what I, you know, encourage girls to do, like stand up in their faith and draw the line in the sand when you know that relationship is no good. And you are a living example of that. And I know that is hard, like 150 
thousand percent. So, okay, paint the picture for me. This girl who is, you know, living the life, so to speak, going to all the date nights, dating the cute fraternity boy, you are both involved in sorority and fraternity life. You're doing all the typical, so to speak, fraternity and sorority things, and, and it's comfortable and it's familiar and it's fun, quote unquote, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also empty. So this girl versus breaking up and you know seeking after Jesus, like talk to me about the difference you felt internally. And you know the Christian answer is like, oh, it was worth it and all that kind of stuff. And I get that, but like nuts and bolts of the nineteen year old who's in the same position you were, and like kind of thinks that she should break up with her boyfriend, kind of thinks she wants to seek after the more abundant life than hangovers and heartbreaks, but is terrified. Like, what would you tell her? Yeah. So thankfully it, it began for me in like January, I started meeting with a small group, like a micro group, not even a small group. There was like three of us and it was my friend Allie from earlier in the story. And one of my friends, Allison, we started meeting, we went to Nicaragua together on that young life mission trip. And that's when like God started turning those wheels in my heart. And putting the pressure on. And I was like, no, God, I'm not breaking up with him. You're like, no, 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 hush. (laughs) No, God, you don't realize. Forget that he is, you know, infinite and trillions of years old, whatever. Um, I'm 23 or 21, whatever then. And I know better. I'm not breaking up with this guy. Um, So it was a lot of months of like him pushing me and pushing me and pushing me and getting me to that place of conviction where it was going to happen. Um, in the moment, it was like the worst thing ever. The next day I was like, holy crap, I made a huge mistake. Um, I called my best friend Allie and I said, I just did this. And thankfully she like came right beside me and supported me all the way. Um, and so that man, that was what I needed is people that were like, you were right. You did the right thing. Um, and then a couple weeks later is when I moved in with those new women, um, for my church. And they were the same. They were like, you did the right thing. That is so cool that you did that. And so those were the people that I needed to come alongside me. And man, I, I can't imagine if I hadn't moved into that house right afterwards with those new women who just said, yes, you did that. One of them was dating, um, a man who she, like, she was waiting for marriage as well. Um, she was pursuing a Christ centered relationship. And so seeing her and him and that example, was really life-giving for me, but it was miserable. Honestly, Mm. I had a a class with him the next fall. (laughs) Mm. Um, It was miserable, but it was a lot of, you know, seeing him on campus and then looking up to Jesus and saying, okay, what's next? What's next, God? Can you get me through this? Will you carry me through this? Because I cannot do it myself. Um, And now I'm in a place where I'm like, wow, it really was the right thing. Um, The Christian answer, it was worth it. Yeah, but I don't think I would be traveling the country and getting to meet, you know, women and hopefully finding someone who shares the same values as me one day. But now I know I don't have to compromise on anything when it comes to Jesus. And I think that that is so empowering for me. Oh man, this is so good. So the, one of the first girls I interviewed was Carly, um, encouraged girls to go back and listen to that episode, but similar where she, you know, had to make some hard decisions, break up and 
you know, totally take a different lifestyle. And now she's married and they are like the freaking most adorable couple you've ever seen in your life. And so all that to say, like you will 100%, I have no doubt, meet that amazing guy. And it's going to be so much better than what you thought it would be, you know? And I'm just like, uh, I'm just so proud of you. I feel like as a mom of daughters, like I just hope that my girls will be brave enough to be able to walk in the more abundant life and the life giving. And as you said, it's hard, you know, but that's just because we're human and we want what's familiar and we want that cute boyfriend or whatever it is, but what's easy isn't always right. So I'm, I'm just like, Hey, like clapping you on over here. What, so what I heard from what you just mentioned is Christian community is ultimately what helped you stay on the right path. Oh, yeah. So I guess, yeah, it's just making sure like girls know that you cannot do this on your own. Like the Christian life is never meant to be done on your own. So if you are, you know, thinking that you want to this more abundant life, and I hope that you do 100% get involved. Um, you mentioned crew. Crew is on a lot of college campuses and it's great. I know Greek University or just a local church. Like I hope that in your college town, you can find that Christian community because it's vital. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, now just switching gears to being a sorority girl and being Greek. So what does that look like? And then we'll switch to your job now as an LC. So it wasn't always easy when I was in college, um, especially during that transition time. But even when I was a senior and I was like, yeah, I'm not binge drinking anymore. There were times when I, you know, I'm a senior, I'm confident. I feel comfortable in this chapter, but I was at date functions or parties and just thinking, this is not what I want to do. This is not what I'm here for anymore. And so there was a little bit of feeling out of place, but I think something that was really big for me is replacing those party situations with something else. So if I don't want to go to a date party or to a mixer or to a frat house on a Friday night, I got to find something else to do. And it needs to be fun and it needs to be with other people. I can't just sit at home. That's when it gets miserable. So that's when, you know, you turn to your campus ministry, you turn to your new friends and you're like, what awesome thing are we going to do this Friday night? Are we going to ride scooters around campus? Are we going to make Pazuki? Have you heard of Pazuki? Yes. <laughs> Pizza cookie. Yeah. Like, and watch Gossip Girl. What are we going to do instead of going to the frat house? And that for me was a game changer is finding people to do absolutely silly, absurd things with on a Friday night instead of just either sitting at the party and feeling miserable because I'm the only one not drinking or sitting at home and feeling miserable because I'm not the one at the party, finding that third option of just doing something totally different and hysterical and amazing. I love that. And I think it's cool because sorority women are leaders. I mean, all the, all the statistics will tell us that sorority women and Greek men are leaders in their generation. I have a crazy audacious dream that they start making Hey, have the foam party, have the eighties theme party, do all those fun things. But why do we have to get drunk out of our mind and go home with someone we don't know? Like those scars and that pain doesn't help you become the person you want to be when you grow up. And it's a path that leads somewhere like we talked about. So what about my dream is like leaders, these leaders in their generation start making, you know, just good, wholesome fun, like have fun for sure. But you don't have to, you know, have all those extra unhealthy things tied to it. So anyway, that's my dream. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm right there with you, sister. (laughs) It could happen. It could happen. There's a name for it. Someone's listening to it and they know what it's called, but there's a name for this, um, like grassroots organization where they get, they have parties and they're all just like good, clean fun. I need to like be no there. alcohol involved and stuff. I know. I'm like, I want to go to that. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We had a friend, uh, gosh, we were probably like upper twenties. We had like little kids and stuff and th- we, there was an eighties theme party and I'm like, uh, yes, I am there. <laughs> like there was no alcohol. It was just fun, you know? For sure. So have a band to dance. It's fine. Yes. Anyway. I love that. It could totally happen. Okay. So now, okay. As you kind of get this new group of friendships, you are a Christian now doing things a little different. What did you see? Did you find in sisterhood that was different than what you found your freshman year? Does that make sense? So whenever I was a senior in college, I served on my college Panhellenic council. Um, So that is the overarching council above all of the sororities on campus. And so I got to work with women from other chapters that for me was really refreshing because they weren't necessarily in it with me. We weren't dealing with individual member issues. We were looking at the big picture and how do we as a whole make this community better. And there were a lot of women um, within that group who loved Jesus and wanted to talk about um, the Lord and what he was doing on campus. I had a great fraternity sorority life advisor who was like a mentor to me. So that was really exciting as far as my Greek leadership journey. Um, There was actually a time when I was enough Delta Pi. I was a sophomore and I ran for a position. I didn't get it. I can remember flopping on the bed and just weeping. Like I will never be in our chapter executive board. I will never be chapter president. I'm, you know, very high achiever. So, um, that was very heartbreaking for me. And now I can look back and say, Oh, that was Jesus. Do you know your Enneagram number? Okay. So I think I'm a four wing three. Okay. I'm a three because Enneagram uh, achiever. That's what made me think of when you said yes. that. Yeah. Yes. I knew, I like knew I needed to mention any, as soon as I said high achiever, I was like, she's going to ask me, my yep. um, but I'm definitely a feelings person, but oh yeah. Like if I'm going to join a sorority, I'm going to be chapter president and then maybe work for the sorority after college. There you go. Um, so that is, that's my high achiever side, but I definitely can look back on that moment and say, wow, God shut that door for me to be within my chapter so that I could work with all of the sororities on campus one day um, when I was following him and get to work with other women who loved him. I was really encouraged when I left NC State. The um, executive board for Panhellenic that came in behind us had a lot of women that loved the Lord as well. And just getting to see that light blossom, we had sorority Bible studies um, through Crew Greek Life in almost every chapter on campus when I left. Wow. It was so cool to see the Lord working at NC State. And it's still, I've been to a handful of schools now, and NC State is still the place where I can most obviously see the Lord working and growing Christian community. That's also because I'm just popping in for a week at these other schools. So amazing things could be happening that I just didn't see while I was there. But yeah, it was very interesting as a leader in Greek life to make my decisions as a leader in light of what I knew about Jesus. Man, that's so good. And I love that you kind of, you see what you're looking for, right? That's just human nature. And so if you were, you know, when you're, I like these highways examples apparently, but like when you're headed one way, you rarely notice who is in the cars going the opposite way, right? Because you're going the opposite way, but now you're headed in the same direction and you notice the people beside you on the highway. So you, maybe this Christian community existed your freshman year, but you didn't see it because you weren't looking for it. Oh, yeah. And I just think 
yeah, I think that's interesting. So girls might say, oh, well, that sounds good for you, but there's no Christians on my campus. Well, have you? <laughs> They're probably not at the bar, but maybe if you looked for them, maybe you would find them. So I think that's interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't become a Christian and then all of a sudden Christian community popped up at NC State. Yeah. Right? It was happening before me. I'm just a little piece of that um, community on campus. But it was, it was here and God was planting those seeds long before I ever came along. I just got to see some of the blossoming, which was very, I feel very blessed, but lucky that I got to be around and seeing some of those seeds start to grow into fruitful community. But it was happening way before I ever showed up. I could have never showed up at NC State and it still would have been been happening. But hey, you got to fan those flames. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I feel so, so lucky to be a part of it. I just, I know I'm a dreamer, but I just truly believe, you know, these leaders and their generation, these fraternity and sorority people, like gosh, to fight, you know, have that fire for Christ again. And, you know, they're trendsetters in their generation, they're leaders, and to invite God back to Greek row. Like, I know He doesn't need an invitation, but when we invite Him to be Lord over our campus, like, I don't know, I just, I believe crazy, amazing things can happen. You know, every great awakening, every great revival, any huge thing in our history, when you look back, it was started by young people. And I just think that the Greek, you know, the Greek society, whatever you want to call it, the Greek community is eager and ready for another great awakening. And um, I don't know, I'm a dreamer, but I hope that the time is upon us because I just think some crazy cool things can happen. Me too. Me too. So fun. Okay. So you get to travel now to sororities all over the place nationwide. What kind of patterns do you see? Is it, I mean, I know it's different in different campuses, but like, what do you see? And then again, dreaming big here, what do you think sorority could be? So I'll be honest with you. I'm on my sixth visit of the year. I'm not sure if there's patterns I've seen yet. Okay. And maybe, maybe we'll need to check back in in January and see if I've, you know, come up with some doctoral thesis on what is happening in sororities nationwide. But kind of like I said earlier, every chapter is so different. Yeah. Um, there are chapters I go to where, man, these women are far more mature than I ever was in college. Um, I went to one chapter where there were two women. They did not agree with each other on how to do things. They had very different personalities, but they were working together on a project and they never said an ill thing about each other the entire time I was there. Mm-hmm. They never vented to me about how they didn't like the other person. They said, they said to me, we don't work the same, but you know, I respect her. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I would have never said something like that as a 19 year old. Um, and so I'm constantly amazed and impressed by women who just get it. They get what sisterhood is. And then I go to other chapters where it's not as much there. I know that I wasn't acting that way when I was in college. So I haven't seen many trends yet, but I have seen women who, man, they are incredible leaders. They are incredible leaders and they just want to serve their sisters. And that, that's what it's all about. Man. Um, so you see the girls that are more mature than others, obviously. What, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you could like, you know, just hang out with a few brand new, you know, we, we just went through recruitment. So this is good timing. Brand new girls just got their bids, waiting on becoming initiated, like what advice could you give them about, you know, making the most of their time in this sorority? I think I would need to do like a seven series um, (laughs) panel. I don't know. (laughs) 
I'm just kidding. I think that for me, the first thing I thought of when you said that is going back to the creed and to our ritual. Um, you and I are both Alpha Delta Pies. So we share, we share some of the same, um, background as far as ritual and what does our chapter believe as a whole. Um, one thing that 80 Pi, our creed says that leadership is confidence tempered with humility. Well, what does that mean? What is humility? What is confidence? And how can I apply that as I walk forward as a member in this sorority? Um, 80 Pi's open motto is we live for each other. So what does we live for each other look like? Um, it looks like not sitting on the couch watching Netflix when you could be helping your homecoming chair create decorations for the big parade. Even though it doesn't seem like a good use of your time, you're living for her and it's, it's important for her time. So just little things like that and how can we serve someone? How can we live for them and not live for ourselves? That's been a growing experience for me to learn what it looks like. Okay, how can I live for this sister and not for me? I'm tired. I'm on my fifth. I just got off my fifth spirit week in a row. Um, And if you've ever been to a sorority spirit week, you know that the average human does not have enough spirit for five of them. And and I'm tired. And there are days when I just want to live for myself and hop in a bunk bed and not talk to anyone all day. But there's women that need support. And so how can I, you know, get over my own needs and get over living for myself to live for each other? Mm, That's so good. And you said something I have to unpack, getting back to our creed, because it makes me want to strangle people with love. When I go to, I get to the chance to go to a bunch of different schools too. And so I get the chance to talk about sorority women. And when I stand up and I say, like, what's your creed or what's your values? And if they don't know why they exist as a sorority, like it makes me want to become a serial killer because... (laughs) Like your founding sisters had beautiful dreams of sisterhood. And, you know, a hundred years ago, a lot of times you can almost see the tears that fell on the page. It was not so you can have cute theme parties and a great comfort colors t-shirt. It was for like sisterhood who laid each other, laid ourselves down for each other, like you said. And, you know, highest ideals of womanhood, of picking each other up, like all kinds of beautiful dreams. And we have to know that. And as these new members, like training them in the way that they should go, like we said, and just helping them know why we exist as a sorority is so important. So I just had to unpack that. Oh, preach, sister. Preach (laughs) that you are speaking my language. I think for me, now I'm moving into my professional lens rather than my sweet Christian Kathleen lens. Yeah. Um, but from a professional lens and in the work that I do, that comes from, you know, how are we working with our new members? How are yeah. we instilling in these 18, 19 year old women our values? Yeah. And are the older women in the chapter modeling that behavior? Are, is that what we're teaching in our new member education? Every sorority has a new member education process. Are we emphasizing that, that this is not just words on a page, it is rich and meaningful? And it is something like we want to live by. So I think there's a, there's a lot of room for growth. Um, and some chapters do it better than others. Some sororities as a whole do it better than others. But I think it starts with the individual too. Am I modeling the behavior I want to see in my future sisters down the line? And just, again, that goes back to playing the long game. Am I thinking about the women coming behind me? Am I looking at uh, thinking about the women that came ahead of me? 
And are we working together to create something great and lasting? Mm, Am I modeling the behavior I want to see in the girls behind me? That's beautiful. That needs to be on a t-shirt. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Comfort colors t-shirt, of course. Of course. (laughs) Only comfort colors all the time. Kathleen, wow. Like there's been so many nuggets of just straight mind-blowing beautiful wisdom here. I hope that a lot of girls enjoy this, especially sorority women. Like, gosh, there's just so much beauty that can be had from sorority life. And I hope that those four years are rich and meaningful. And I hope that this podcast helps them, you know, get the most out of that. So thank you so much for sharing all of this goodness. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. You know, I fangirl over you. Oh, how did we meet? I was just about to say, like, was it through? Oh my gosh. It was through when I was on Panhellenic Exec. I I had you come speak to our community service and philanthropy chairs at NC. Well, you didn't come speak. You, you Skyped Skyped, in. Yeah. And it was amazing. And I fangirled (laughs) and you were in one of our Panhellenic newsletters recently. Somebody linked to your what um, website. So So, you got to send me the link. I did not even know about this. This is so exciting. I'll try and send it to you. NC state loves you. (laughs) I would love to come over there. No, I love to, um, by the way, shout out, like if you would like my message and maybe it's not in the budget, whatever, I'm all about Skyping your Panhellenic team or your leadership. Like I'm just passionate about this message. So if I can help, let's do it. All right. Yeah. You lived for me that day, Skyping in on a Saturday morning. Oh, that was fun. No, I love to do that yeah, kind of stuff. it was amazing. <laughs> You're so sweet. Okay. So Kathleen, you're amazing. How can people get in contact with you via the worldwide social media? Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram at real Kathleen Nicholson. There's a lot of fakes, so got to make sure they know I'm the real one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also write a blog a little bit about my walk with the Lord and as a young woman. I guess I'm not a college woman anymore, but I'm pretty close to college um, and being in a sorority and walking with Jesus. And it's called thegospelgrit.wordpress.com. It's also linked on my Instagram. So if you just head on over to Insta, you can find my blog. And yeah, that's how you can find me. I love that. And I'm proud of you for sharing a blog. I was just having coffee with a girl the other day and some people say, oh, I'm too young or I'm not experienced or my story isn't relevant, blah, blah, blah. Like I am a hundred percent a fan of people just writing what they know. Like you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have the Bible memorized. You don't have to, you know, your story is, is all that is Jesus ever asked you to share. And so you sharing your story, you are an expert on that because it's yours. And so I'm proud of you for sharing it. That's awesome. Thank you. It's one of my favorite things. I, I love writing. I haven't had a ton of time to write since I've been on the road this year, but maybe on a couple of my days off, I can crank out a few blog posts. Yay. Okay, cool. So the gospel grit. And then with our closing question, I would love for you to pretend you're having coffee with your 20-year-old self, maybe the girl freshman or sophomore year. What would you tell her? I know that it's so hard right now, but when you walk with Jesus, you will have the fullest life that you've ever known. It will be the hardest of hard days, but it will also be the greatest of best days. And there will be travel. There will be laughing till you cry. There will be crying till you laugh. It will hurt. It will be amazing. So full. The fullest life is with Jesus. And when you walk with him and you just hand it all over to him. John ten ten. I came to give you life and give it to the full, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's there so it beautiful. Is. There it won't. There it is. <laughs> with womp, there it is. <laughs> Mic drop. Gotta go. <laughs> 
Hey, if you love this episode, well, I'd love your feedback. Head on over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you stream your podcast and leave a review. Reviews help us know what you love, what topics you want covered next, and help others to find us. Hey, speaking of which, if you have a friend in mind who could really benefit from today's show, take a screenshot, like right now, of this episode, share it on your Insta story, and give me a tag so I can thank you. I'm at katiebulmer.life, and we really appreciate you spreading the word. Thanks so much for joining us today on Truth For Your 20s.